right, and welcome back to The Price for Paradise. My name's Woody, AKA Creston Woods, and with me today we have best-selling author and podcaster Sylvester McNutt. Welcome to the podcast, brother. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I'm gonna read this off the back of his new book, Care Package. And so Sylvester is a best-selling author, a podcaster, a public speaker, a course creator, and a father. Sylvester teaches people how to transform their mindsets through self-awareness and healing practices as a retired arena football player and survivor of traumatic experiences. Sylvester has used storytelling to teach people how to introspect, gain confidence, and sustain self-love. Sylvester's core belief is that healing is the key to success and self-awareness unlocks freedom. Sylvester's passions are writing, lifting, traveling, yoga, and exploring the human existence. That's awesome, brother. I love to hear it. That's a great, yeah. great description. Um, take me back to what inspired you to become an author and why are you here today? Because that's like a, an interesting background with the arena football and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it goes, you know, it goes back to childhood. Like curiosities was always athletics. You know, I was the guy like track baseball, hockey, basketball, football, just uh, doing every sport. But at the same time, there was a, a side of me that like I was obsessed with reading. So like I was re I remember as a kid reading like the Goosebumps books and yeah. I would go into my, my mom. She would have a she had a big library. So I would go in there and like take her books, you know, and she would have like uh, James Patterson and Stephen King and like uh, just all these books. And I would I would try to read them. But <laughs> and I, some of the most well-known authors of all time. Yeah. yeah and I, I just couldn't comprehend because I was much younger. <laughs> yeah. But like she didn't stop me, you know, and then my dad, he made sure that we always had a thesaurus and a dictionary. You know, and he would always say, like, language is the key. Language is the key. Like, you need to know how to speak. You need to know how to express yourself. And so my parents, like, really cultivated, like, that environment for me. And then I just found myself inside that environment, you know, being an athlete and being a nerd. Like, that's that was that was it. The athlete. That's a great combination to yeah. have, right? You're yeah. on both sides of the jock and the, you yeah, know, and that's why, like, complex. I, I would see, yeah. like, as I grew up, I would see those, like, stereotypes where it's, like, the jock is just stupid, and like the nerd has no athleticism. Yeah, and no, I'm no. like, hey, I'm both. I yeah. got both of that, dude. I'm with you, dude. Like that for me, like that was a big thing. Like I always like think intelligence is like mm -hmm. a, I don't know, a self conscious thing for me because people always make the jock out to be, oh, you're just a personal trainer. Like you right. don't know, you're like dumb. you're not a doctor. Yeah. and I'm like. I train doctors all day long. <laughs> These people are my clients and like right. we talk about the same stuff and I, I do know a little bit about what I'm talking about. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So that's, that's where it came from. It came from childhood. And then what really happened is um, I took a, a liking to movies and music. And when I started liking movies and music, I started paying attention to the words a lot more, to the format of how songs were written, like to the, the dialogue that characters would have. And that's when I like really developed that, that like um, attraction for writing and like language. And so it was really in childhood that that developed. And is it like a like a poetic type um, mm, uh, vibe yeah. that you like? Because like yeah. I looked in your book, and I've I haven't read the whole thing yet, but I kind of just opened up to a couple pages, and that's like this is one of those books that you can just kind of open up and then find a new thing. Mm -hmm. And so I was just looking through, and it seems like they're all just like verses that are like you know one mm -hmm. paragraph long and. Mm -hmm that like almost like a free verse poetry right yeah so i yeah i grew up in poetry that's how i started and that's how i got started and where i'm at now where i've arrived it's like okay 
when you listen to you know like academia or you listen to extremely smart quote unquote smart people talk they often will talk above the normal population of what we can understand like as a personal trainer there's things and there's knowledge that you have that is that far exceeds any walking person but if you just go and approach them and you're like like this newbie machine right and you're like oh yeah this machine blah 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 and you just go on you might lose them and i feel like a, a master of communication like we have an understanding of whatever subject it is but with language you learn how to break it down on yeah, a level where it's how, like you know what you can comprehend what i'm trying to teach and i was a marketing major and that is mm-hmm. like one of the keys to marketing is to make it available to the public right and so like if you are a professor and you're talking in this language that confuses the public because you want to sound smarter or better than everyone but realistically it's a simple concept that can be broken down to anyone and everyone Mm -hmm. and when we can do that that shows like true leadership and true you know ability it also shows like a mastery of what you're doing too yeah and that's something i'm big on it's like are we like self-mastery within but then also mastery of our art or our talent or our vocation yeah you you can do it but can you explain it exactly yeah and can you explain it in 10 different ways uh that Mm -hmm. maybe some other person can understand it and because we all don't understand things from different lens right Right. Yeah. And so, and then you were an arena football player too. Yeah. And that, had that even yeah, so like, intertwined. I, like I said, yeah. Football was my first passion. So, you know, Pee Wee, I played in high school and then I walked on to a football team at Northern Illinois University. And then what ended up happening was I ran into some academic trouble my junior year. And so, because I had this academic trouble, I wasn't on the team anymore. I got kicked out of school because I was academically dismissed. So, I ended up going to the junior college. Uh, got my degree to come back to the school. And when I came back to the school, the coaching staff that was there, they were replaced. And a lot of the times with, I'm not 100% sure how it is now in college football, but at that time, you know, like the coaches who brought you in, they had an idea for you. They had they a going to use success, you. right? But then right. now there's no plan without new yeah. coaching. So, yeah. like, my guys were gone. And I was a walk-on, so I had to, like, earn my role. You know, obviously everyone yeah. earns their role, but I had to do a little bit more to get on. And my coach was gone. So now it's a new coach doesn't know me. I'm coming back from having issues with grading. He's not going to trust that I can, can stay eligible. And so that's when I was like, well, dang, like, I'm still in prime shape. Like, I need to use this because the goal, I wanted to make it to the NFL. Yeah, of course. uh, I mean, like, we're the dream, right? Like, I was a baseball player. I wanted to make it to the MLB. Like, you know, that is the dream. Right. When you're young and you're playing that sport, you in your mind, you're like, I got to go as hard as I can go. You know, push as hard as I can. And what ended up happening, it was pretty crazy, that one of the girls who was in my – in my junior college class we stayed in touch she was older i think she was like 24 or 25 and we stayed in touch and like she you know you know how people check in on you she's like hey what's going on you know just checking in and i'm like yeah i'm back at school i'm back at northern now um but my spot is gone like they they told me i can can get back you know on the team if i like but my spot you know is gone i have to be starting all over and these new coaches brought their players from the other school that they were with and so you know, it felt like kind of felt like a dead end. And so yeah. she was like, well, you know, my new boyfriend, he coaches at the arena football team in Rockford, oh. Illinois, which was about maybe an hour away from my, my university. And I'm a poor college student at the time. So when you say professional arena team, first thing I'm thinking about is like, shoot, they might get paid. They get paid to play, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I need some money. I'm poor. So I was like, okay, yeah, like. 
put a word in like let them know you know what i do who i am so sure enough she told her uh she told her boyfriend at the time about me dude called me and he was like hey you know so you know tell me about you tell me about your stats how you play all that stuff Next thing I know, next week I'm still taking classes and I'm playing arena football. Hey, there you yeah, go. It was crazy. So it's like yeah. you know, you found a way to still do what you love and get back in school too at the same time. Right, right. So I did that for three years, uh, and then I was in school for about another year and a half. I did arena football for about two years, not three years. It was two years. I played on three teams in two years, um, and like I said, I was trying to make it to the, to the NFL. But towards the end of that second year, I realized like. Eh, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Yeah, I'm you were. Good, it's but a different I'm not level. Good yeah, enough, you know, and that was like, it's like when you see D2 athletes versus D1 athletes. They're just yeah. bigger. They're oh, just it's a, a bigger, big bigger breed of people. You know? Big <laughs> like, difference. Yeah, and I was just like, all right, well, I guess it's my time to, you know, move on. So, and that was the end of my football career. I look back on it now, and I consider it a success. Well, yeah, I know? mean, those are the experiences that you take with you into your writing and into your other stuff as well, right? Mm-hmm. You, did, you learned so much life in sports and that that's like what a lot of us don't you know value as much as like the sport itself right like the hard work and all the stuff it took to become what you were it it was life lessons yes sir along the way yes sir yes and so then you became a writer so like like how did that like transition after football what did you do yeah so i was always a writer it was just more of a secret so i started really writing around the age of 11 or 12 yeah and so what happened is uh my family my family started they it went downhill so if you go back to the early stages of my life it was a perfect family system system my mother and father were together they were happy they were you know joking laughing flirting having fun dancing like it was great it was a good community yeah, to see for a kid really really up. good but then around the age of 8 to 12 something happened i don't know what happened but something happened in the energy change and i was a very intuitive kid so i could feel that the energy changed by the time i turned 12 i mean this is when the trauma got introduced where my dad had become violent both my parents had become uh, alcoholics my mother had went completely cold i mean and she was like a loving joking fun person so now she's completely cold unresponsive uh you know no love no validation yeah so i arrive at 12 years old and i'm like man what is this like this is not this is not what, what i grew was. up with yeah like this what is, is not what this? i know and then it was just so confusing uh, i had so many questions so i ended up <laughs> one day from so i used to walk home from school so when i was 11 11 or 12 uh I'm walking down Golf Road, which is a street in Arlington Heights, Illinois, where we lived. And there was like a Seven Eleven on the right. So I go in there and I'm about to get some snacks. I'll get like a Snickers or something. Yeah. And um, I go in there and there's a bunch of kids standing at the front and they're buying something. But I'm standing in the back and this impulse came over me. There was a notebook there. And this impulse came over me to take the notebook because I didn't have enough money for it. I only had like a dollar or two. Yeah. So I took the notebook, put it in my backpack. And got my paid for my Snickers though. I paid yeah, for my snack. Yeah, you paid for your snack, but you stole the. I stole the notebook. notebook. Yeah. So I get home and like literally that day, I just start writing. I'm just writing like my favorite quotes. I'm writing lyrics to songs. I'm just just kind of free writing. Yeah, like, there's no structure to yeah, it. Yeah, like right. free free journaling. Yeah. So I stick with that though. I continue to do that. You know, 12, 13, 14, 15. Get on the high school football team, and then you know we're on the bus going to football games. I'm writing poetry. 
you know, lunchroom. If I'm not talking to anybody, I would have that. That and it wasn't the exact same notebook by lunchtime well, in yeah. high school. But I would continue the habit of you know having a notebook where I'm just writing all my thoughts, you know. And then by the time I got to college, you know, my college I studied communications and psychology. And so the reason I chose that is I was curious as what happened with my parents. I'm like, what did, what happened? You know, so that's why I went into those two majors. And so then in college, I really got to hone my skills because I got some language to help me understand. Yeah, help you kind of like through. basically exactly, you know, vocalize your emotion and like talk about what you were actually feeling besides, you know, actually just feeling those things. Right. It's really hard. Like people hide them in songs because that's right. why music is what it is. Right. It's that emotion vocalized. Right. Right. And then so I leave college, you know, 22, 23. And so if you look at it, it's like 10 years of writing, but it was all private. I never yeah. shared unless it was like write this essay for a class or, yeah, you course. know, other than that, 99 percent of the writing I did, no one ever saw except for two people. My girlfriend, I wrote her uh, a love letter and I think I was 19 or 20. And I mean, she just broke down in tears, broke down in tears. And she's just like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, she didn't even know how to respond. Yeah. And she was just giving me this validation, like, you need to pursue writing, like, for real. Like, this is so good, you know? Like, and then my best friend at the time, he uh, stumbled upon some of my notebooks right when I was done playing arena football, just started working in corporate America. And, you know, he said to me, he was like, hey, he's like, this work is pretty good. If you don't share this with people, you're doing the world a disservice, you know. And it was like those two people, um, their words of affirmation for for, for me were, was like that confirmation where it's like, okay, well, I guess I will do this, you know. Because for me, it was, it was really more of yeah. a, it was more of a private thing. I, I really never had an intention to be like, I'm gonna be this big best-selling author. But you built like it's like you build it, and then the opportunity was there mm -hmm. because you already had the platform for it. Yep. Yeah. So what ended up happening was uh, someone invited me to come come to like um, a poetry open mic. So I was like, all right, I'll go. So I go to a poetry open mic and I invited a couple of my friends, but no one came. Right. So I'm just there by myself, just chilling. Hey, that might be better. You know, like, honestly, yeah, you're like, free. Yeah, it was free. Yeah, like yeah, there was nobody. Nobody knew me. Yeah. And the host calls me up because you got to sign up on the sheet. So the host calls me up. It was my turn. I go up there and I do like three or four poems, but I do them all off the top of my head because I had written them so many times in my notebook. I knew them. Yeah. So I just, I got up there and I remember introducing myself. I was just like, Hey guys, you know, I was real shy at the time. I'm like, yeah, I'm Sylvester. I'm a writer. I'm an author. I didn't even have books or anything at yeah. the time, but I'm telling them, I'm like, yeah, I'm an author. And I'm just going to tell you some of my poetry that I've been working on. And I just get up there and do some poetry. And I mean, these people are moved, like yeah. move. Like you could just see like the energy and emotion. They, they were there. Faces. They were conscious yes. for you. Yeah. And then when I did that, that's when I was like, all right. I probably got it's something time. here. Yeah. yeah, I probably need to take this a little gift. bit more you found serious. It. You're like exactly. it was like that click moment. Yes. So yeah, it was a ten year journey from about twelve to twenty two, twenty three. Very cool. And so, and then, uh, I, if you don't mind taking mm -hmm. back to like the traumatic experiences. So yeah. during those times, you were journaling all of those, right? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. Um, in that, uh, do you look back at those books? Do you go back and find no. those journals, or have you just like wrote them and then put them away? Put it out. You can't. You can't go back. You can't. You go can't back. go back because what people do is when you go back, you grade and you judge. 
right? And you can't grade and judge what was because what was helped you to get to where you are now. And so yeah. if you grade from this consciousness or this frame, you kind of lose value in the reverence for what was. And I think that there's a lot of people that like disvalue the rough draft. And, yes. and like they want that first draft to be perfect every time. It's not gonna happen. It's like it's like how I feel with content creation, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't, you know, I I don't put out enough posts because I'm like over here like trying to perfection, make mm -hmm. it like really good. And but like quantity is like gonna like if I put out a hundred posts, one of those is, or twenty of those could be really good, mm -hmm. and that's twenty more posts than me sitting around doing nothing for that one post, right? Mm -hmm. And so getting it out there and like speaking it and mm -hmm. you know using it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, you're also a podcaster too? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I, as a podcaster myself, I would love to know like how that journey's gone mm -hmm. and like how did you get into that as well? Yeah. So that started in 2019. Um, again, that was never like a, a strong desire of mine. It was something that people like told me I needed to do, you know, because they're reading my work online and... <laughs> I was making some videos. I started a YouTube channel back in like 2011. You know, so I would do YouTube videos yeah. and it'd be like talking head videos where I would just share ideas or information to help people. And I was just getting like so many messages like, hey, you need to make a podcast and, you know, talk about this and that. And I'm just like, mm, all right, well, I guess I'll do that. I'm, I'm more. So I have like great social skills, but energetically I'm more, you know, introverted. Introverted. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean, you've seen me in the gym. Like I, yeah. I hardly talk to anybody. Exactly. No, I was yeah. about to say that. Like, yeah, in the gym, I mean, Sylvester comes in, does his thing, mm -hmm. you know, gets out, says what's up to a few people, maybe yeah. me only, and like, um, and yeah. then every once in a while, <laughs> yeah, and sometimes like, he just ducks in, does his thing. So you, know, you got to do what you got to do. It's not like. Um, it's not like I don't want to talk to people. I just mind my business. And know? it's a time thing. Like your time is valuable, yeah. and you want it, you're there for a reason, right? You have a purpose to mm -hmm. come to the gym, right? You're here to take care of your health mm -hmm. because, as a person who tries to heal people, you have to lead by example and, mm -hmm. and heal yourself as well, right? Yep. Oh, uh, but hold on with the podcast. Um, so yeah, it it felt a little weird at first because I'm like, oh man, like why would I do this? You know? Yeah. But people were telling me to do it, so then. It felt very natural, you know, because I studied communication. So we would do speeches in class and we would talk. We would do, you know, we would pretend to be reporters. We would pretend to be working at ESPN. And I, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to yeah. pursue being a sports journalist. Like while I'm playing sports and studying communications and psychology, I'm like, oh, man, being a sports journalist would be cool. So when the podcast opportunity came up, I'm like, OK, I was kind of hesitant at first. And, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, what, what is this? But. What style you know, of podcast did you do and what was it called? So it's called the Free Your Energy Podcast. At first when I started, I did um, just just solo podcast, no video. I would just get a mic and just talk, you know, about a subject or an idea. Then it evolved because I know a lot of people. Then it evolved to me like interviewing some people. So I would bring people on and like, you know, get information and try to learn because I'm not an expert on everything. You know, no. so I would try to learn from other people and. That's why I brought you here. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, exactly. You. Appreciate you. <laughs> then I went through a phase with the podcast where I was like, "All right, I don't want to talk to nobody. I just want to talk <laughs> yeah. about the things I want to talk about." You know. So right now I'm in that phase where I'm doing you know more solo episodes that are, I would say, curated around a specific point of emphasis or topic or idea. You know. So I've went through like these three different evolutions with it. 
Nice, and it's still going today. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. five, four years, five years now. Five years now, dude. Yeah. I'm trying to catch up. How many episodes? Hundred and maybe twenty. Hundred and twenty. All mm-hmm. right. Well, I'm almost there on that one. I'm on yeah. hundred. This is like hundred and five, I think. You got a good frequency. Your frequency yeah, is up. We do a lot of frequency. We try to keep it every week, but you know, that's we good. miss a few here and there. Right. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, you just gotta, you know, start right and, mm-hmm. and create it because I think that the refinement comes with the repetitions of it and then the rough drafts and like yeah maybe i wasn't the best the first 25 episodes but you know over time the interviews got better and like we Mm -hmm. got more used to doing this right yeah in in front of people yeah because there is this part of of anything when you're like presenting yourself where you have to get comfortable with the experience and it it literally only comes from the experience you know like i remember we would do um, presentations in class and you're speaking in front of people and it's like 25 people the very first time you do it is nerve-wracking and you're like oh my god they're gonna judge me even though you sit in class with them every you know monday wednesday friday and university you know but, but then you graduate you leave and you're like all right that was easy by the time you get to the last one you're like that's easy but then you go speak in front of say 100 people now as a professional speaker <laughs> and it's like oh my god this is crazy like even if you don't identify with the anxiety even if you don't name it your body still registers it which is 100%. normal but your body's like oh my god i'm about to speak in front of these people like, but it's how you use that energy right like tiger woods mm-hmm. comes to the golf course he's like i do feel butterflies in my stomach because i'm trying to win and i care about this right yes. and that's why you feel that but it's how you use it and how harness it instead of folding under pressure like shaking and losing your breath and hyperventilating yeah yeah which if that does happen if anyone's listening um just slow down because what happens is we think to ourselves okay i'm struggling i'm stuttering i missed the point i'm not reading the cue card whatever it is and so we try to catch up and all you got to do is just take a quick breath just in through your nose right you calm your nervous system and then you find your place because it happens it happens and like i I learned that a lot doing like marathon training and like this endurance sports is Mm -hmm. that like you can't you know push hard the whole time you gotta learn how to pace yourself right Mm -hmm. and like same with your speaking right you gotta learn how to pace yourself because like if you're rushing through like talking really fast and you can't you know nobody can even comprehend that but like if i break it down i slow it down i can keep your attention a little bit better and this is gonna you know work a little bit more for us (laughs) yes sir yeah, and so like the the language of podcasting, it gets better over time. <laughs> Facts, yes, sir. And I can tell because like when I'm talking to you here, like this is like a podcaster talking to a podcaster. So like I <laughs> yeah. like I don't have to. It's like sometimes when I ask you a question, it almost turns back into interviewing me. You know, and so <laughs> that's that dark psychology. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes, but um, let's break it off of that. And let's mm-hmm. talk about the books. So. Um, this new book, let's talk about that first and foremost because it's brand new care package. Mm-hmm. Just came out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about like what this book is about and what was your inspiration behind it. Okay, so I'm gonna be completely honest. Um, care package. I used to play this game. Well, I still play it, but it's a different version. Um, there's this game called Call of Duty. All right, <laughs> super popular. Love game. Call of Duty. Yeah, and great. I don't know if Classic. they have it anymore, but like there was this like perk where you could like call in a care package and it basically would be yeah. like some guns to use so you can kill your enemies yeah, essentially yeah. right yeah. like you would call in a care package and so that like idea has like always been in my head because Call of Duty has been around for a long time and I was talking to one of my friends one day and we were talking about you know healing psychology what Americans need you know those deep conversations where we you know we go into these rabbit holes about the the society and it's food and, you know you've been in them before right yeah and I just kind of said it one day. I was like, what people really need is a care package of healing. 
Yeah, you're dropping it in. And she was like, wait, what'd you just say? I was like, yeah, like a care package of healing, you know? We need to talk about codependency, letting go of pain, moving forward. And she, like her eyes just lit up. And before she even said it, like then the next thought that was in my head, I was like, yeah, oh, I need to write that as a book. book. Like I need to write <laughs> yeah. that as a book. Like before yeah. she said it, then she goes and says, she's like, that sounds like a great book idea. You need to write that. And that by this time I was already an author, right? Yeah. She's like, you need to write that as a book. And I'm like, yeah. Care package. Care Went package. home that day, opened up a document. I typed care package. Originally the subtitle was uh, care package, a path to deep healing. Uh, it evolved to where it's at now, um, harnessing the, the power the power of self-compassion to heal and thrive. And so I originally just, I started writing and I literally on that first page, I just wrote like, okay, these are the things people struggle with. Letting go of pain, codependency, lack of boundaries, guilt, people pleasing, trauma, old wounds, how you tell your story, um, making sure that you live your life in the vibration of love joy gratitude i just wrote all that down it's like an outline yeah like literally that day it's like the table of contents of your book basically <laughs> yep. yep yep and then um i think it took me about six months to write daily writing um six months my word goal at the time because i had a word goal like right any any type of discipline you're in or like anything that requires mastery you need some type of goal that keeps you engaged uh so my minimum was 500 words my max was 2,000 words so if I would get to 2,000, I shut it down. Minimum, got to do 500. I like it. And I would work uh, for about six months. And then I hired an editor. Because at, at that time, I was self-published. So I hired an editor, sent them the book. They sent me their edits back. It was okay. So I edited it, hired a different editor. And I was like, hey, I need you to be brutal. I need you to like tear into this. Show me where I could be better. You know, because you have your left and your right brain. You have your creative. You have your analytical when you're in a creative process, it's very hard to be analytical of yourself in a healthy way. Yes, yeah, so you have to. That's why going to an outside source like yes. a personal trainer to tell you, "Hey, your form's bad, you're hinged because exactly. you don't know how to round your back. You're rounded right. back." Yeah, exactly. Boom. Same thing. And when I got those edits back, I'm like, "Okay, this book is this book is good." Now. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, I had to pay out of my own my own pocket, but that's what you got to do to get what you want. <laughs> yeah. And from there, I put the book out. Now, I didn't have a marketing team because I was self-publishing. So I didn't really know how to... I had some success with books, but I, I didn't really know how to market. So I wasn't focused on that. I was more focused on putting the best that I could into the book. And then just You're the writer. You're not yeah. the marketing team. You are yeah. like... I mean, yeah, I know you have to sometimes be a one-man band and do all the stuff, but mm -hmm. you can't always do all the stuff. You have to hire other people to help you out mm -hmm. and get this thing done. Mm -hmm. and, and so I was just like, you know what? Like... Let me not focus on uh, sales, but let me just focus on my relationships and community. You know, so from there, I, I got uh, on social media a lot. And, but what I would do on social media is, you know, it's called social uh, media or social networking. Like, I would really network. Like, I would really message people every day and just be like, hey, hope you're doing well. I wouldn't come right out and say, like, hey, I have stuff to buy. I would just say, like, I have things available for you you're if you need, let value. me know. But most of it was just me just, like, making a connection, right? People would comment on my page, I would respond to every comment. And then what I would do is, when they would respond to me, I would go on their page, and then I would comment on something that they did, just to give the love back, you know? And then by the time I told people I had a book coming out, uh, I mean, people were like, all right, we need it. Like, we need it. Like, let's go. Yeah. You know? And it just, I mean, it took off. It's one of the best-selling 
well, as a self-published author, is one of the best best-selling self-published books like of the last decade. Dude, yeah, crazy. Yeah, and it was literally all just from like building community. Um, and just you know believing in the work putting good work yeah in. dude i mean i i can see your community online like your mm -hmm. ig is explosive you get like six hundred thousand followers yeah like plus and i yeah like how did that transpire did you like push social media really hard i mean i yeah. love like because like the style of your book is this paragraph um style that's like perfect for social media it's just yeah. clip out the book and put it out there and then give the people what you're they want and they yep. need um so how it started um i i hate social media i'll be honest with you <laughs> yeah as a, i mean as a person yeah. i don't like it because i don't feel like we're meant to be in touch with that many people i can it goes agree. back to my introvert ways like, i don't feel like we're supposed to know all the business that all these people are doing but i just don't feel like it's normal or healthy it is the way we can reach the most people but it is the way we can reach the most people. And when I put this book out, that's what went through my head. Because, yeah. I mean, I was an old school hustler, man. So, like, I'm using guerrilla marketing tactics. I literally yeah. would, before that book, um, the books I had before, I would print a picture of the book on paper and then put the link where people could buy it on paper. And I would walk to the Target because Target and Costco have the biggest parking lots. That's how I was thinking. And I would just put a flyer on people's cars. And I'm like, hey, you know, this book is about whatever. My, my first and second books, that's how I marketed them. Yeah. And, you know, it worked to a degree, but it doesn't get you. It gets you sales it doesn't to a percentage, scale but it's not a big percentage, right? Yeah. For the amount of time you give up, you're not really scaling, right? But it was a way to get my foot in the door and get some sales. And so but when that book came out, that's when I was like, you know what? I need to bite the bullet and... I need to use social media because at this point, everyone was on, you know, a Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. People are on there. They're talking about sports. They're talking about politics. They're they're dating like they're doing. They're using it for everything. So my mind was like, OK, I really don't care if people know my business at all. Like, I don't want them to know me, but I want them to know my work. I want them to know what I'm doing. Yeah. So I, I was uh, at the time I was it was before that book. Actually, I was still working at Verizon. And uh, I opened up my phone, I made an account on Instagram, and I actually, my very first post was a picture of a sticky note. And I literally just wrote one of the quotes that was in my head, and I just signed my name, I put it up, it got like 100 likes, my very first post. I don't know how that did it, I don't know, you know. Um, so then I just posted again the next day. At the same time, my routine was set up where I could post every day at the same time. So while I'm at Verizon, I'll post again post again but i did have a book out at this time so then i'm like all right well let me put my books on here now they, they like these little sticky notes and then i'll put pictures of the books and then comments are like hey where can i where can i get this do you have yeah. a link for this i'm like yeah of course i have a link for this here it is right here you know <laughs> so then it was slow you know you ever heard of a bell curve yeah okay so the bell curve you know at the first is always but slow it and steady gets exponential and it, it, just, it just starts to kind of arc so I, I was in that journey from the time I left college, I was working at Verizon, I put out one, two, three books, and I was kind of in that, the middle of that, like, the beginning of that bell curve, where it's like, you know, a little traction, I'm working my job, like, yeah. I'm doing what I can do, but getting a few sales here and there, just kind of getting confidence. And then by the time Care Package, Care Package was the top of that bell curve. It was like, holy crap, like. You exploded. Yes. It turned on. My social media was booming. I had an email list at this time. I had a website at this time. I transformed it more from like just an idea and just more of like a creative adventure to like, all right, I got a business. I had a business account at the bank. Like this was, it was, I took it serious. The more I took yeah. it serious, the better it got. 
yeah you know so yeah that was the journey that's that a lesson for real right the more you take it serious the better it is because like that's the more attention you're giving it yes, and that's sir. more energy you're giving it right and that's like uh, and and how has this <coughs> book um explosion helped the other books like has that is that like trickled yeah. effect down towards the other ones as well yeah because what it does is it's it's like a yeah. validation it creates a brand yeah because they're yeah. like well that book was so good these other ones have to be somewhat decent it's just like anything else what you hear a song you're like oh, i want to go hear the album yeah you know or you see one actor you like you're like all right let me go see what else he's done yeah and plus like you know everyone loves like everyone's or og stuff right you know yeah. so once they hit it big you're like you got to find the diamonds in the rough because that's when he was you know yes. real him you right, know right right yeah you know i missed the old <laughs> the, the old, old drink or the old kanye yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh yeah. okay yeah. you know <laughs> so yeah it has helped funny. it has helped a lot yeah very cool and the other books um can you like list them off for your energy the yeah. one i listened to on audiobook really free your good energy book. yeah free your energy i did uh after that one yep i did free your energy after that one um that was a that was a fun one. That was a fun one. Yeah, I really like that book. I was really in a good pocket. Like I was writing that one care package. I was I was also in my healing journey. So that that's why I was all about healing. But once you heal, you you know free yourself. Like have some fun, yeah. enjoy life. Enjoy that's where I, how I wrote for your energy. It's like, hey, man, I'm about to I'm about to be free from the BS, from the drama, from anyone's negativity, even from my own wounds or my old story. Like I'm freeing myself to create my new story that's really yeah. what that book was about and like all these books are just like your timeline of your life yep. you know and um some of the other titles uh, uh the one after that was called loving yourself properly loving yourself and properly. so i wrote that because i was mad i go online and i see people talking about self-love and they're like oh yeah just drink some wine and take a bath and i'm like that's not self-love that's not self-love that's yeah what that's, you, that's self-love drinking yourself to like, feel it, better it felt, that doesn't work it just felt <laughs> like it was an incomplete conversation yeah and so i was like hey this is my opportunity to, to add to it you know and so I, I added to it and so the book that i just finished writing right now is called live the life you deserve and that book will be out in august and this is that book is easily my favorite book that I've written. Of course, because I feel the most mature. I feel the most confident. I feel like I've experienced so much. So, you know, of course, I'm going to feel The newest that way. book's always like all the books wrapped up into this new book, too. Yes. Plus what the new experiences bring to it, right? Yes. Um, do you feel like uh, you've ever crossed into the line of like writing the same thing and no. have you ever had that or like maybe in the process of writing a book and then stopped yourself mm -mm. no no i never think about um like repetition or did i say this already because they, if you think about it every creator really does say the same stuff over and over and over yeah but i don't think about it that way because i mean we all have our pockets and our niches that we touch right like if i i have uh, i like sports betting Right. So I go on YouTube and I'll go to my, my, my guys pages that I check out sports betting. They post everything every day about the same thing. But that's their niche. And as a fan of them, that's what I want to hear. about. I don't want to hear them talking about yeah. uh, cooking. I go to Gordon Ramsay's page for that. You know, so to yeah. me, I never think to myself, like, oh, man, I said this already. Like, nah. Maybe I said it. Let me find a better way to say it. That's how I look at it. Yeah, and honestly, a repetition of the uh, a good concept is just another repetition of a good concept, right? So that's mm -hmm. just nailing it into the brain. Like we need to hear it again. We need because maybe it didn't hit you the first time. Because yep. that's all about you know brand awareness is hitting it multiple times over and over and over again. So yes, it's sir. good to rep repeat. But love that. And then uh, all right, so 
I want to ask you this question because yes. I want to write a book for myself, yeah. right? So the price for paradise is my podcast. I want to write the price for paradise, um, and I want like, can you give me like the top three steps to like what yeah. I need to do to start my book writing process and how I'm yeah. gonna get this thing done? All right, top three steps. All right, the first step is definitely uh, an emotional step. All right, so when I do my teaching with my clients, I always tell them that there's two steps. There is, and, and you do this in your work too. You may not have this language, but now you have it. There's always the emotional part first, and then there's the technical part. So if a person comes to you and they're like, hey, I want to lose some weight, you know, I want to lose some body fat. Okay, like I need you to emotionally feel that you're capable of doing this. Yeah, what's that your you why? can do this. Because yeah. if you just start talking about, all right, well, I need you to get your macros up or down, what's your sleep? If you start talking about the technical, you might lose them, right? And so you connect with them, like, why do you want to do this? What's the purpose of this, right? Same thing applies to you with your book. Like, you gotta get the emotional part first. Like, why do I want to do this? What is inside of me? What is calling me? What needs to come out of me? What do I need to express? What what do I want people to feel when they read this right so go deep into like the emotional aspect because that's going to carry you because writing a book is extremely hard i don't care how skilled you are whether you're extremely skilled or not that skilled it's hard uh, because you have to be consistent and you have to be able to structure and organize it in a way that makes sense for the reader which is hard to do yeah because it doesn't have to just make sense to you it has to make sense yes. to everyone else all right so first is the emotional part second i would say write an outline don't just start writing a book. You could, but I wouldn't I wouldn't advise that. Write Structure. an outline. Yes. Every story, every book, every movie starts the same way. Beginning, middle, and end. Or not starts, but they flow the same way. Beginning, middle, and end. And so you want to make sure that those three parts, where however they occur, they make sense. This is the starting point. Um, so tell me about the type of book you want. Is it like a novel or is it like more... Yeah, tell me about it. So the book I want is like the price for paradise is the concept, right? So you can have anything you want in life, but you're, you have to pay the price to get there, right? And so it's basically telling people what the price... It's like a self-help book on finding the price of their paradise, right? Perfect. And so it's going to be kind of... I mean, you're a self-help guru, so yeah. this is kind of right so up your alley. What you what you want to do is identify the problems that people have, right? Yeah. The price for paradise. Uh, you want to identify the problems that they have and... In the beginning, you want to identify and make them understand that not only have you done this in your work already and in your life, but by reading this book, you're going to help them, right? You, you want to relate to them. Um, when I used to work at Verizon, we used to have this sales strategy. When we would meet people, we would never try to sell them first right away, even though we were sales reps. We wouldn't try to sell them right away. What we would do is a discovery process, and discovery just meant discovering your needs, discovering who you are learning about your family learning about your business because if you come in as an individual person and i try to sell you a phone that's what i used to do i used to sell phones when i got out of college um sure i might sell you a phone but in my discovery process i miss that you're a partnered lawyer and that there's 30 people working at your law firm and they all need phones and they're all at at&t and you're the only one at verizon for some reason i just missed 30 cell phone lines yeah. Right, which I mean, I don't, I don't remember the conversions, but that, that's probably like three thousand dollars on my check that I missed. And so my manager always told me, you, you got to discover people's needs. Don't just go into your sales pitch. Yeah. Same thing applies to writing a book. 
So you, you gotta identify the problem you want to work with. And then at the beginning, you're just discovering. You're just discovering. And you, you might be discovering your voice. You might be discovering what they need. It, it's, it's not a, a linear thing, but it's all discovery in the beginning. Or we're discovering how we're gonna talk about the problem. We're discovering what the problem is and we're laying it out for you, right? Yeah. And then the, the middle, and you're gonna introduce some concepts in the beginning, right? And the concepts are like, okay, well, there's this concept, there's that concept, there's this concept. Price for paradise. You need some sacrifice. foundation for right. what you're going to talk about. You have meat. all these concepts. You need sacrifice. You need a vision. You need a goal. You need community, right? I'm just making these up. I'm sure you have your own. Then in the middle, you tie them together. You tie your concepts together. Your concepts also relate to the problem. So now by the time they get to the middle of the book, they should already be integrating what you're teaching. They should already be feeling like, okay, I'm I'm getting somewhere. I'm not I'm not there yet. Connecting dots. But I'm getting somewhere. Okay. Yeah. He told me he told me I need to go to bed on time. All right, I'm going to bed on time. Right, I'm just making little stuff up. Yeah. Okay. Towards the later third of the book, they should feel confident. If it's a self help book, they should feel confident that if they continue to integrate the steps that you've taught and the stories that you've shared, they're like, All right, I'm gonna arrive. I'm gonna arrive at the price of paradise. I'm gonna pay that price for paradise. By the time I finish this book, right? And so that's like beginning, middle, and end, right? So first, I would say the motions. Second, I would say write an outline that, that follows that. And then third, you cannot, you cannot start and then stop. Once you start, you don't stop until you're done. 99% of people who start books don't finish the books. They start, stop, start, stop. You can't do it. I recommend giving yourself a time frame. Don't be critical of it. Like, all right, I'm gonna do this in three months because that might not be realistic. Yeah. But give yourself a time frame that allows you to do your job, but also it's like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna be done with this in a year or two, whatever the yeah. time frame is. Another thing, you need a daily writing habit. Daily. 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 You gotta have it. a daily writing habit, and you don't have. To, I use the example 500 words. You don't have to do that much. 100 words 150 even 50 you just need a daily writing habit the purpose of this is repetition rewires the brain that's from neuroscience right so i'm an author so it's easy for me to say all right i'm gonna write a book i know what to do it's hard to write a book but I'm, it's easy for me to jump in right you're not an author yet so you have to rewire your brain to believe that you are an author i have to pay the price for paradise of what it takes to become an author right and that price is to write every day, it is to be an author because yes. you can't, you know, just say you're an author. You have to actually become the author. Right. Like if you think about it, like you know, uh, chicken and egg, it's not the book that makes you the author. It's <laughs> yeah. the writing of the book that yeah. makes you an author. Then the book is like the book saying when other people get the book, that's how other people validate you, and they say, oh yeah, you're an author because you have a book. You had to write the book for ten years or yeah. ten months or ten but days. But you're not an author till it's done. Right. So you got to already embody that from the beginning. Like, okay, I'm an author. I am a writer. It's right? an identity. It's exactly. like an alter ego. You're like, I put on my writer hat and I'm exactly. going into writing. And the best way to do that, a daily writing goal. Don't change it. Don't up it. Start. You have a full-time gig. Um, do you have kids? I, not yet. Okay. I was saying. My girlfriend does, though. Okay. <laughs> I was saying. A realistic goal. I'm big on realistic goals, right? Yeah. I'm 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 good I'm good with us thinking big too, but 
Would you rather think big and burn out, or would you stick? rather have something you could do for 10 years? Oh, I think I could, you know, make more of this once I've done it once. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to continue. So. Okay. Start with 150 words a day. 150 words a day? Yeah, that should be about, I think, a page and a half. 150 words a day. Now, here's the caveat of that. Drop down a little bit further. Some days when you're working in the book, it won't be good. So when you're in those days, you're like, yeah, this is terrible. Just open a separate document. I always do this when I'm working on a book. I have like the book document and then I have another document and the uh, the second document. Can I I swear on here? Yeah. Okay. The other document is always called shit that won't make the book. Yeah. The fuck it bucket. Yeah. So I literally like if I I catch myself and I'm like, because like I said, we're judging sometimes. So if I catch myself and I'm like, yeah, this sucks. Like, I won't just stop. I'll Move just it. go to the other document. I'm like, all right, let me just put all the shitty shit over here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'll just do all the shit in here. I'm not joking. When I turn, I'm, I'm signed to a publisher now. I'm signed to Hay House, one of the biggest publishers. Yeah, in the world. I know. I got in contact with your people before yeah, this. And my they were PR like, team. They sent yeah. me a book. I was like, this is legit. I need to get ready. Yes. You know? So when I turned in my book to them, I turned in the full manuscript. And literally, there was another folder. And I was like, hey. I was like, because um, they didn't know me. This We had just started this relationship over the last two years. I'm like, hey, uh, this other folder is called shit that didn't make the book. And they're like laughing. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, it's stuff that like applies and it could fit. But on the days I was writing it, I just I didn't like it. I didn't think it was that great. So I'm just adding it here just in case there's something here that, you know, we don't need to throw away. So my editor reads it. There was uh, chapter 13 in this new book I'm reading. She's like, oh, yeah, I just took the chapter 13 from all the shit you were going to throw away. So all the stuff that was not good enough for me, she's like, no, this is great. Like, And she took it and reorganized it, and it was perfect. Bro, you could have a whole book called shit that, you know, <laughs> shit that's not, I, making, that's the not making the book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that could be, that like, one yeah. day, that would be, like, shit that didn't make yeah. the book. That tactic is a little bit more advanced, but I wish <laughs> I would have had it retire, from the beginning. Right? You know, yeah. maybe, you know, save that for the end. Yeah, make the, my last book would be like, shit, I should have told y'all from the beginning, you know? <laughs> yeah, this is my the rest of my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And so, uh, any future projections on what's next? Oh, for me? Yeah. yeah. So, like I said, I just finished a book, so I put that out in August. Uh, I can't really think past that yet because there's there's still so much I have to do for it's like that project. life you need to live yeah. to make the next project. But I'll tell you what, man. Something outside of uh, book writing more on a personal level. Um, coming up to two, 2019, I almost felt like my life was perfect. Like I was making a lot of money. I lived by myself. Um, my, so my house was always clean. That's why yeah. I say that. I, <laughs> I like having a clean house. Oh be quiet <laughs> um, I love having a clean house and you know you live by yourself it should be clean all the time just clean yeah. up off to yourself and I had a you know really good workout routine you know I would, I would walk my 10,000 steps it was really a lot more I would ride my bike pretty much every morning I would ride my bike I would go to the gym at night and lift or play basketball like so I was super active that's important to me to be active and then um, you know my girlfriend at the time she gets pregnant right and we were like trying but we didn't want it to happen as fast as it happened yeah it was like, like the oh, first caught time. Off guard yeah yeah you know so i was like okay that's cool like let's move in together so we move in together um in 2020 but the pandemic started when my son was born literally the same week so i got to experience these two traumatic experiences as an adult at the same time 
Yeah. Right. So it's like I literally went from living by myself, making a lot of money, having my freedom, having a clean house to it's a pandemic. I have a kid. I'm living with a Latina and I wasn't making as much money because it was a pandemic. <laughs> so I'm like, well, damn, life comes at you pretty fast, doesn't it? 180. You know, and then like my my gym habits just got I basically reached a point where everything felt very shaky, you know, because there was so much transition. You know, and it's big. It's important to me to be a present father. I think that's really important. One hundred percent. To be a present father, so I'm like trying to show up for them, and I wasn't showing up for myself the way I needed to. Showing up, fifty percent, sixty percent, seventy percent. How you do anything? How you do everything? Giving them one hundred percent, but not giving me that. Right? Well, you only have fifty percent to give, though. That's all I had. I, I was literally. So you're giving only all giving them fifty percent. Exactly, and so, like, I'm just really happy to tell you. I mean, I told my guys in my my um. In my men's group this this morning but like i now feel like i finally reached where i've been trying to reach over the last three years where i feel like i'm back to me and ideally is because i'm back to my habits you came out of your hellscape yeah i'm back to my habits man and it's some of the things i've kind of subconsciously mentioned i'm going to bed on time you know you see me in here i'm training you're well. on routine yeah i'm back on the things that i know give me the wellness like my book loving yourself properly I'm back to doing things that are loving me properly. And so I, I don't, I was t- talking to my client about this. Some people can focus on goals and focusing on their goals will get there. But what really gets you to your goals is your habits. Your systems. Yes, your systems. So I got super clear on my, my money system, my fitness system, systems within my business, systems with my friends. Because my friends are like, hey, let's go do this. Look, look, right? Just I got really clear over the last, I would say, two months on all my habits and all my systems. And like I feel like I've arrived, quote unquote. Yeah. You know, so I'm just really excited for like what this next year is gonna be. You know, hoping hoping that I can keep my system, yeah. keep my keep my habits. Cause the last right three the years way. were like they were rocky. Now I'm like, no, I'm standing on my ground. I'm ground, I'm in my root chakra, I'm grounded, and like I'm about to build the new me. Your root chakra is getting stimulated right now it with is. this this machine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that's what's next for me is like staying staying committed to my habits yeah i love it man well thank you so much for coming on the podcast this was a an amazing experience and we should definitely bring you back and Let's we can it. talk again some another round too so yes, sir thanks and any last words before we get out of here yeah, if, if any person hearing this or you at any point have any uh self-doubt about the journey you know that's normal uh, but just say these words to yourself live the life you deserve live the life you deserve why not why wouldn't you I love it. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, we'll catch you guys. Well, one, get the book care package. Find him on Amazon. Go look up his podcast. He's got all over social media, Sylvester McNutt. And we'll catch you guys next week on The Price for Paradise. My name's Woody, and aloha.